2: What's going on right now? I'm talking with Mike score from the mighty all out war. Uh, Last time we chatted was like the beginning of the pandemic. I think it was just via cell phone. I was chatting with a lot of people just like, you know, kind of getting their idea of like how they're going to go about uh, navigating this pandemic. Uh, What three years later. And uh, here we are, we're doing it via video. And you guys uh, are set to release an album this Friday. By the time people hear this, the album will already be out. Called celestial rot via Translation Loss Records, and uh, it's a new relationship I believe for you guys in Translation Loss.
3: Right, we've we've known Drew for a long time, and uh, we've always wanted to work with him. So uh, it all it all came
2: together. That's awesome, man. So uh, yeah, let's get into it, man. I, I was just reading it. Uh, well, well, first off, how are you doing today, man? Are you uh, do you have like a work from home job? Do you have a day job, or is it is music full time?
3: No, I, I teach school. So I have a oh. school. I teach world history. I mean, I teach world history and I teach the social history of rock and roll.
2: That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I was reading an interview, uh, getting some, some show prep ready and uh, with Revolver and they did a premiere uh, for the album. And something you mentioned there is that this is kind of like a new era for the band. Like this is a new extreme era. Um, can you dive into that a little bit more and, like, uh, what exactly do you mean by that? And what can we expect from this new era of all-out war?
3: Well, we started to uh, go in that direction with "Crawl Among the Filth," and then COVID hit, so uh, we really didn't get to push that album as much as we would have liked, because obviously, you know, the whole world shut down. Yeah. And during that time, we just uh, we took a deep dive into uh, different influences that we've all always been into. But we didn't incorporate it into the music as much. You know, we we uh always incorporated more of the thrash elements via like creator and, and sodom and destruction, because we the German thrash stuff was always our go-to stuff. Yeah. And also as far as influences go. Bolt thrower was a big influence. Obviously, Slayer was a big influence. And then we had the New York stuff. So we had Cro-Mags, we had Leeway, we had Carnivore, we had Crumbsuckers. But we started to really get as as years progressed we started to bring in more elements of grind into into the uh into the writing process and like i said that that started during crawl among the field but it was always kind of there it was always something that that interested us that that we listened to and and then we started to mess around a little bit more with black metal influences and we started to bring that into the fold and celestial rock that's that's the product of all of that uh, it's a big product of, uh, of COVID, of, of being locked down and not working yep. and being isolated. And we work together via Zoom, via, you know, file sharing and, uh, you know, and we just uh, this is the end result.
2: So you're going the opposite direction of people as they get older. Most people tend to slow down chill out a little bit more you guys as you get older and you progress in your career as a musician you're going more extreme that's the opposite of what you should be doing mike that's that's (laughs) that's
3: what people keep telling me
2: that's amazing so i'm I'm excited to hear it man i pre-ordered it on compact disc believe it or not so yes i i still buy cds uh it's available via vinyl or cd um so uh what was that like for you? So you're a teacher. Uh, did you have to do the whole like work from home, like uh, you know, Zoom teaching? Like, how did you navigate that?
3: Well, from March of 2020 all the way until June, it was very, uh, very touch and go for us at my, at my district. So we, we, uh, it was it was more of a wait and see type of thing. So it was like, okay, well, maybe we'll come back in a couple of weeks. Just stand by. A couple of yep. weeks went by. Maybe we'd we'll be back by spring break. Just stand by. Yep. Then about a week after spring break, they finally started to realize, hey, you know, we're not coming back. So then we sort of dabbled because nobody was prepared for this, especially not schools. So uh we sort of you know dabbled with the online stuff. It wasn't very effective, especially getting kids to come online and then that school year was over. And then we came back in September and we did this hybrid model where it was like we had some kids in the building and then most of the kids were, were at home and we did it that way for uh, most of, if not, I think all of the 2020, 2021 school year. And now we're, we're pretty much back to normal as, or as normal as things can be
2: during those times you know it must have been extremely frustrating for you like uh but you know you're someone who has music as an outlet um also a music lover uh on on your most frustrating days what's like what's an album or a couple or a band that you could go to that like to kind of reset or you know get your aggression out or calm you down whatever just a, just a good go to album
3: historically or recently like that's it's a great a question because there's, nice. there's a lot of them. There, there's a lot of them. So, you know, I, I always, you know, would, would dip into thrash. Thrash was always, was always my go-to stuff, as well as, as well as, as hardcore. Um, but recently, my go-to has been Spectral Wound. Okay. They have been, you know, uh, they put out that record, Diabolical Thirst, and I, I listen to that record a lot. Um, let's see. There's so. Craft is a band that I that I listen to a lot, and and then you know on the on a more classic level all the Bolt Thrower stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like a a good go to on your drive home from work.
2: Absolutely, man. So so you've been digging some black metal, right? Yeah, cool, man. I see you're. Hi. I think you're wearing a Venom hoodie. Yes, there Venom hoodie, and then Armageddon Shop, which is a
3: great record store in Boston that I went to uh, a couple weeks ago. So you're a record collector. I'm a record collector, right?
2: Okay. So, when did you start collecting records?
3: Well, I'm a record collect I a better term would be I am revisiting record collecting Ooh. because between my wife and I, we had we had a great record collection and then okay. when we got married, we we sold off the records probably in 2003. Okay. We started selling off the records to kind of get some money together. And I, I regret it. <laughs> I regret it. So I've been, I've been painstakingly trying to put it back together.
2: What? I- okay. If you could go back to that moment where you were selling those records, you know, what's one record you would have saved if you could, if you could think, uh, I know that there's gotta be a couple where you're just, they come to mind and you're like, God damn it. Why did I do that?
3: Uh, well, as far as hardcore goes, the, the antidote seven inch, um, we had, and, uh, you know i re- i regret that well it's the record we'll never get back sure. you know the og yeah. uh and then i mean there, there's just so many
2: mm-hmm.
3: especially you know between the both of us because the records that i know we'll never see again you mm-hmm. know all of those and there's quite a few the so, antidote that just pops that to the top of my
2: head as as someone who puts music out and is also you know recollecting some records um is it important for you to keep like a couple copies of every record that all out war produces
3: now? Yeah, definitely.
2: Nice dude. Um, how, uh, how much do you, uh, do you go out looking for, for current stuff or are you more so, you know, trying to get that collection back of some old school stuff? Do you stay current and contemporary?
3: I stay recently probably more current. I mean, I have a go-to record stores that I go to. And then when we're on the road, I have record stores that I love to hit up. Like there's this place called Purchase Street Records in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Amazing shop. One of the best I've ever been to. So I always make it a point. Matter of fact, we're going out on the road uh, this weekend and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive an hour out of my way to hit up uh purchase street while I'm up
2: in the Northeast and out uh, of the new England area. That's awesome, man. So uh, you're, you, you're going out and playing some songs or you're going to go out and play some shows rather. Uh, and you have a new material, but there's, you know, you guys have such a, a huge catalog at this point. Um, how do you decide when you're going out to, you know, support this new record? Do you guys want to go heavy on the new stuff? Do you want to play some old classics, some like, you know, those were crucified how how do you guys mix it up and while also you know trying to really push the new record
3: well the good thing about the new stuff is the songs are really short (laughs) there you go we can we can we can shove a lot of them in there so uh so we're gonna try to do half the new record yeah you know on the our every show we play from here on out yeah we have Five songs, you know, that we got marked from the new record that we're going to play. And then we have the older stuff that we we always play. So and, and then we sprinkle it in with the uh, records we put out, you know, in the last few years. I mean, as far as we're concerned, what we like to play, we like to play the new songs because to us, the new songs are so much more intense than the old songs. Yeah. And we don't feel like the old songs stand up to the new songs at all which is a great feeling to have absolutely we we feel like you know when we when we rehearse and we play you know the old songs and then follow them up with a new song we're just like wow those old songs do not sound good (laughs) they don't sound hard at all they don't sound heavy
2: you know Well, I mean, that's got to be a great feeling to know, to like feel like in your, in your heart that like the new songs are like the best material you're doing, you know, you're not, you know, regressing or anything. And if anything, you're progressing and, and, and you feel like, you know, this new stuff is the hardest, which is, which is rad. So
3: it's definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely been uh, a labor of love to try to get like heavier. Yeah. you know, get heavier, to get more aggressive as we go, more brutal.
2: When when did you guys start working on the new material?
3: We started where we had um, the first song on the new record. We already had pre COVID. So oh, that song was wow. done, and then the bones of a couple more of them were done. I, I don't remember off the top of my head which ones they were, but the bulk of the record was written during during COVID. So that that summer going into that fall and then um what was it 2022 you know that's when we started to record it and and basically we just recorded we recorded this album by ourselves so we didn't go to a studio you know we, we uh well my guitar player has like a makeshift studio in brooklyn so we uh we were messing around there And originally the idea was, let's let's record a couple of these songs and then just throw them out there to some people we know and see what we think or see what they think. And one of the first people that we sent this stuff to thinking, hey, this is just we're just demoing stuff. We sent it to Drew from Translation Loss and Drew right away was like, I'll put this out. That's awesome. And we were like, wait, you know, we you know, we just like these these four or five songs that we recorded. And we record, and he goes, "No, these songs—it sounds good." And we wanted, we wanted a raw sound anyway, like we were going for a raw sound. So we didn't want it to be as produced, as polished as our previous records. Okay. So when when Drew was just, uh, you know, he was psyched on the songs that we uh, we recorded, I just said, "Well, let's." Uh, At first, we were talking about EP, but then I said, "Well, you know, we already ha- we have." enough for a record. Just let us record the rest of the songs. So we recorded, you know, all 10. And then uh, we brought in Errol um, from Teeth. And he, he mixed it for us because we wanted, we did want an outside ear. You know, because we were it was, it was new territory for us. We never recorded on our own before, and we were used to, like, a guy like Steve Evans was fantastic, and this is not a knock on him at all because Steve was always, you know, awesome and did a great job with every record he did. And But we were used to him being the sort of, like, okay, this sounds good. You hit it. Yes. You know, and to do it ourselves, there was a lot of second-guessing going on, so then Arrow came in. And he did a great job mixing it, and he mastered it as well.
2: That's awesome, man. So, uh, you w- what uh, you said that you you and your wife um, first met, and and you both had a record collection. Uh, did, does she come out to your shows? Yeah, I play in a band with her called Below the Frost. Also, with oh, no, uh, we meant you mentioned that last interview. Sorry, I should have known.
3: Yeah, Matt. Um, Matt from Hate Breed plays drums. We. Um, and this guy, Mike Yusuf from a great thrash band called Primeval. Yeah. You know, he uh, he plays guitar that's sort of been on the back burner lately, but I w- met my wife through music because she was in a band called Starkweather oh. back in the day. And, uh, we, our bands played together a lot and, uh, yeah. So a marriage made in metal, I guess. What do your kids think of your music? Uh, they think it's a freak show, but they love it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> i mean my my daughter is much more enthusiastic about it you know she's you know she's more of of like like an art artsy kid you know and my son's a little bit like "Ah, i like this when nobody's around but you know can you turn that down when my friends are around
2: (laughs) uh dad we don't want dad to to seem like such a freak you know (laughs) right
3: but uh, i mean i think they, they think it's cool
2: yeah that's awesome man so um you know, I I um, I um, think the last time that you guys played the Northwest was Rainfest. Is that right?
3: It was Rainfest, right. A while ago now.
2: I know. What are the chances that All Out War could make it out West? Uh, you know, you guys have jobs, full-time careers. You guys probably not doing too much touring or?
3: Well, we've been out there since Rainfest, but not in the Northwest. We went to, uh, we did California. Uh, with integrity uh funeral chic and toxic holocaust uh 2019 right before right before all this madness happened. so we did make it out there we just didn't make it as far north but um if somebody wants to bring us out there we're there especially since there are a lot of bands in the northwest that i really like
2: well let's talk about them. What, what what are you know what are some of your favorite northwest bands? And this could be, you know, of all time.
3: Caustic Wound. Um yes. fantastic band. I love that record. Um, and then what is the other band that the guys
2: uh Mortiferum?
3: Yes, yeah. Lump. Yeah. And Holder, I know she's from Belgium, but I think she relocated.
2: Lives to, in Olympia, yep.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Another, uh, I saw them with. Well, I saw them with Spectra Wound in uh, April. Show of the year
2: was that and, at uh, St. Vitus?
3: That was not St. Vitus. It was at a place that I didn't. I wasn't familiar with it. For, it was called uh Brooklyn Made. I don't think they've had too many shows after that. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was great show. And again, Holder another great band. Uh, said black curse are they from i don't curse? know
2: black curse no
3: maybe i have the name wrong but uh anyway lots of i think lots of those profound lore bands aren't a lot of those bands
2: from there's quite a few yeah man yeah quite a that's few. a great label absolutely um so you know w- w- aside from you know translation lost translation loss rather sorry about that uh you know looking back um you know on the with the labels that you've worked with in the past you know what's been you know aside from translation loss what's been your uh like your favorite relationship um as far as like working with a label
3: i gotta say the the last three you know we've been lucky enough the last three labels we worked with uh clint from organized crime who was a great friend Um, Then we worked with Buddy from Unbeaten Records, another great friend that we've known forever, and now Drew. So we've been lucky enough to be free from any kind of contract and just kind of going out there and working with people who, who who we have a solid connection with and have been friends with for a long time. And that experience has been great, and I think it helps with the creative process as well. You know, because we like who we're putting out the records with. We're yeah. good friends with them. And we and we've been good friends with them for a long time. So it's not like fly by night, like we just met mm-hmm. these people. We've known them for a long time.
2: That's great, man. That's great to hear. You know, like for for a good bulk of your career, you're on victory records. Um, now obviously there's like not no victory record. records anymore. Um is there any possibility you could ever get those records back, as far as masters owning your masters or anything like that, or is that even just not even in the in the? I
3: doubt it. Concord, um oh. all that stuff. Now, I, I just take that up as a
2: loss. Yep, take it up as an L and just move forward and and keep writing good stuff.
3: Although the first record we have all the rights oh. to, Truth and Lies, that was out on a that was originally out on a German label.
2: Okay, nice. We can um, do whatever we want with that one. There you go. Uh, Okay. So I remember, what was it? Ringworm. I saw Ringworm. And it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Ringworm. And when they were on Victory Records, they were giving away CDRs. And they said, we don't, (laughs) they were like, hey, you don't need to buy this from Victory. Here's just the CD. You can just have it. You know, we'll just give it away. I was like, "That's that's an interesting way of directly saying exactly what they mean without having to actually say, you know.
3: Ringworm and All Out War had a very similar experience on, on Victory. I think we were the two bands that were just unapologi- and un- unapologically metal. you know. Yes. And I think that uh, we didn't quite fit in with the rest of the roster. And I, I don't think that Victory really knew what to do with us or cared to try to figure out what to do with us. Yeah. So we just kind of uh, withered away you know, on the label for, for a long time. And I had a good relationship with, with the people that work there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, but I, I don't think as a whole, I don't think it was a good fit.
2: if you had oh, actually here, my question is like, when was the first time you remember um, like being interviewed for a radio show? Was it for a college radio sh- show, like maybe like Crucial Chaos or something like that?
3: We actually did Crucial Chaos, the early 90s. I mean, that's dating myself. But yeah, we did Crucial. That was a great, great experience because I've grown up listening to Crucial Chaos when I was a little kid, you know, here in great, great band. So we act- we were on Crucial Chaos Um, I'm not sure if that was the first, but it was definitely one of the most memorable. Yeah, Um, there was a local uh, record show, or yeah, record show, record show, uh, radio show um, on WBKR from could have been Marist College. Okay, and. I know we did we did something with them but I don't remember if that was before or after Crucial Chaos. That was a more of a metal thing.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. And and you know you guys really can live between that, you know, the you can be played on a metal show, you can be played on a punk show. And that's kind of like the beauty of your band. Um, you know, I I um there was like this thing that um went viral on Twitter the other day and they were it was someone saying that, you know, um it was, I believe it was some magazine, maybe Alternative Press, and they were talking about how there's a uh, a newfound uh, commercial uh, access or like there's like this new commercial viability for hardcore music, you know, with the success of bands like Turnstile and stuff. And then someone said that hardcore should never be have any commercial viability. Uh, how do you feel about that? You know, what? what's your opinion on that?
3: I have no opinion on that. (laughs) It is what it is. I mean, I always take it as, uh, if I like it, I like it. You know, if I'm into it, I'm into it. I don't, I don't really pay attention to like, if it's popular, if it's not popular, you know, who's, um, usually the stuff that I'm into is not for the masses anyway. Sure. So I'm not like, you know, and, and it's nothing personal. It's nothing, you know, I, I don't sit here and say, oh, this band sold out. This band didn't sell out. This is why I like them. It's just my personal taste is not uh, attuned to popularity. Like it's, not, it's never going to get, you know, out there to the masses. And I'm fine with that.
2: You know, and that's I, the that's the great thing about being a, uh, above all of that drama is that you can love both born against and sick of it all,
3: right? Right? Yeah, <laughs> I remember those days.
2: You know, uh, that is,
3: yeah, and, and next, that's the thing. That's that's the thing with all that war. It's just, I mean, that mindset is also, you know, in in the band, we we never fit in. We yeah. never fit in. You know, we never ran in any particular circles. Our my favorite shows. Always, and I've said this a thousand times, but our, our favorite shows or my favorite shows was when All Out War played with Disassociate, Crisis, a band called Crisis, mm-hmm. uh not Earth Crisis, different yep. Crisis, yep. Crisis, Disassociate, Stark Weather, um, Dark Side, uh, and a few others, Canderia. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we were all bands that didn't fit in anywhere. And Ralphie from Disassociate and Absolve from Crisis, they used to do great shows in New York City, mostly through uh, Ralphie's Devastating Sound Network. Okay. And they did phenomenal shows. And it was like music for just people that didn't fit in anywhere. It was sort of metal. It was sort of hardcore. It was sort of crust. It was sort of grind. It, it had it all. and And those shows were great because it was so like just... Not catering to any one particular thing. Yeah. And those shows were phenomenal. And that, unfortunately, after a while, that whole thing just kind of fizzled out. But that, those music
2: lovers, just people who love music. Yeah.
3: People who loved aggressive, loud music.
2: Yeah. That's cool, man. That's, I mean, and that's, you know, like there's, you know, I, I I get Decibel magazine and I I you know eat up everything about. It. I eat up the metal, the hardcore, the punk. You know, like there's there's like all kinds of doom metal in there. I learn about you know all kinds of stuff. So it's all, uh, and and that's one cool thing. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff about you know the the current state of like music and everything like that. But one thing that I think is really cool is that the access um, to all forms of music is so easy that you can just. I can listen to all kinds of stuff and then, you know, I'll go and 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 uh purchase the album or whatever. But it's just like for a music lover, it's a crazy good time right now.
3: Right, right. So I'm very so like this weekend we're going out with uh disassociate, speaking of disassociate awesome. and Morpheus Descends. Yes. which is an old school death metal band. And three bands that don't sound exactly alike, but uh we're gonna go out and we're gonna have a great time. That's cool, man. I don't know how the crowd's going to be, but
2: we're going to have a great time. Well, yeah, exactly, man. Maybe it'll be like those old times when you were playing with Crisis and Dis- Disassociate, you know, where it's just people, and there'll be some all-out warheads, and there'll be some death metal people, and, you know, so mix it up. Uh, Right on, man. Well, okay, so let's play a little bit of this or that, okay? So I'm going to say two things and tell me which you prefer, okay? So I think I know what you're going to say on this one, so let's go. Venom or Celtic Frost?
3: Oh, that's a hard one. That, that's a hard one. Like, I don't know. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot here. I would say, I would say, you probably would think I would say Venom, uh, but I would probably say Celtic Frost only because, uh, I mean, those first few records are just, uh, through, you know, awesome and I love Venom, too, but I'm going to go with Celtic Frost.
2: Okay, we're going to go with Celtic Frost. Slayer or Metallica? Slayer. Slayer. Cannibal Corpse or Obituary?
3: Obituary.
2: Obituary. Mayhem or Emperor? Mm, Emperor. Okay. And for Hardcore, Bad Brains or Black Flag? Bad Brains. Bad Brains. Okay, right on. Uh, Now, just a couple more questions for you, dude. Um, Do you remember what was the first band that really inspired you to like do it to actually like want to, you know, be involved? Um, I think
3: I'm not going to say like, it's hard to say. Um, I think with the metal stuff, you know, when I was a, early on, I was, I was a big time metal head, obviously like most of us were, but the, the metal stuff was always like, too big to grasp. It was like
2: they're on the stage, kids, you know. They were,
3: You're yeah, just watching. I think when I started to go to hardcore shows, that's when I kind of started to say oh, I could do that. You know, I, I remember like some of my first times at, at CBGB and being like, "Wow, these bands are like right here." Yeah, these, these bands are selling their own their own merch. You know, and and then um you know there was a lot of local bands that I knew that were up there doing it and. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say it was more like the hardcore genre that made me feel like, hey, I could get up there and, and do that. And, and not in a way where I was like belittling what they're doing. What I'm saying is there was such a connection there because, like I said before, I always have dabbled in all worlds. Like, I've always like, you know, I was never like exclusively in, in one world. I always, you know, I, I was just a fan of
2: heavy music. Yeah that's awesome man it, it, the hardcore the it became accessible and w- that breaks it down and 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 that that shatters that like you know s- that mythical like you know dis- disconnect between the rock star and the, and the fan so that's awesome and then you can do it yourself so uh my my last question for you um before we let you go uh actually before i ask this question um the album available now, uh Celestial Rot, again, I need to mention uh you guys are uh out doing some record release shows. Um, and you can stream the record, you can buy the album via translation lost records. If people um you know aren't on the east coast and not able to see these shows, what's the best way to uh follow along with you guys via probably just social media and whatnot?
3: Instagram. Yeah, Instagram is you know, I'm on, on there quite often. You know, you can follow me at Mike tour or all I will.
2: awesome uh last question for you pick a scar on your body show us if you can but at least tell us the story of how you got it Mike
3: I have, I'm not gonna show you it'd be weird but I have like a gash and okay. it looks like I' have been in a knife fight but this is just again uh people some of the younger people are gonna be like how old is this guy I'm not that old but I had appendicitis when I was a kid. Now you have appendicitis, and you know it's like you can't even see it. But back in the day, you actually went under the knife. And anytime somebody sees it, they're like, "What? Did you get stabbed?" I was like, "No, I had my appendix taken out when I was a little kid. So I was real little. When you know, I was probably like nine, and again, a huge scar. And that's I have no really cool like I've never been in a knife fight or anything like that. So I have nothing cool other than other than the uh, appendicitis scar."
2: You know, you could just tell people you were, you were, you know, roughing up some hoodlums outside the Murphy's Law Show at CBGB's and they stuck you with a a shank, you know, and that's it. No, I'm just kidding. You got in a knife fight with a doctor. Right. Brutal.
3: Yeah, I have no other cool scars other than, I guess, if you consider tattoos. um, nothing else?
2: Mike score from All Out Wars, Celestial Raw, available now, dude. Uh, always awesome to chat with you. Thanks for catching up with me and uh, congrats on the new record, man.
3: Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to talk to you.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.